traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, horsemen from around the world, from every discipline. We wish you a very, very happy holiday season starting now. This is Scott Miller, founder of the International Equine Network. Uh, and on today's um, International Equine Report, we're going to go over quite a few things here. Um, hopefully, I can get through most of these uh, segments here before I start rambling. You know me, I'm just a rambling guy kind of guy and everything. Um, well, what we're going to start off with today is um, we're going to start talking Kentucky Derby every week. Um, Kentucky Derby's uh, fastly approaching. Uh, we're here at the end of the year. Um, so, you know, it's getting kind of exciting. We've had quite a few different um, uh, how they get their Kentucky Derby prep races. Um, back It started back in September 18th at Churchill Downs with the Iroquois. Uh, then we went to Santa Anita on October 1st for the American Pharaoh. Then we were at Belmont Park uh, for the Champagne Stakes on October 2nd. Then the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland on October 9th. And then naturally we had the um, Breeders' Cup Juvenile from Del Mar um, on November 5th. Then we go back to Churchill Downs and on November 27th and went to the uh, Kentucky Jockey Club. And then December 4th, we had the Remsen. And now we've got uh, from Aqueduct. And now we have um, the Springboard Mile from Remington Park. So we've kind of had a little, um, uh, a few races to test a lot of horses under. Um, it, it gave the, a lot of trainers uh, and owners uh, uh a look in the right direction to see how their horses fared. And um, so we'll, we'll lose about half of those horses on the way to how they get there for the Derby because they just didn't fare well in their previous races that we just mentioned. But the Springboard Mile coming from Remington Park is an interesting race. Um, I, I find it to be kind of a litmus um, test for uh, horses getting ready to uh, – take their uh, derby hopes uh, on the road. Um, the purse is $400,000. It's for two-year-olds. Um, there's a $3,000 um, nomination. Uh, there's no nomination fee of $3,000 to pass the entry box. Starters uh, to pay $3,000 additional with a $400,000 guarantee. Uh, to supplement a horse into the, uh, um, into the race, uh, you would have to um, come up with a entry fee of twelve thousand dollars. You know, so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, in this race, um, the money will be divided up sixty percent to the winner, twenty to second, eleven to third, six percent to fourth, three percent to fifth. Um, the top three finishers in the Springboard Mile will get an automatic um, nomination to the Oklahoma Derby in twenty twenty two. Um, it's interesting, you know, to see, uh, how the different tracks now are starting to add incentives, uh, to enter their prep races, uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, having said that with Remington Park, um, offering, you know, what they're going to offer to get into the Oklahoma Derby coming up in 2022. So uh, this is going to be an interesting race that we found here, uh, the horse that I really like in here is a horse named Concept, team, uh, trained by Steve Asmussen. Um, this horse seems to be a solid horse. Uh, they're going just a mile. I think he needs a little bit more than a mile, a uh, mile and an eighth, a mile and a quarter, but I'm sure that'll come down the road somewhere along the line in these derby prep races if he were to win this race. Um, Steve Asmussen's a great trainer. Um, he, he just uh, gets horses ready and, and you don't see him put a horse in a race unless he thinks he can win it and that's what I like about Steve uh, he, he's really really pretty good at that um, then we start to look down at um, another one that Steve has it's called Classic Moment um, this horse is really a nice horse uh, uh, he's maybe a little bit ahead of concept 
as far as training is concerned. Um, I think uh, this horse is a little more mature uh, than concept, and I, I think this is, is the horse that's going to win the race as classic moment um, that we see coming down the road. Um, and then the outside shot that I like um, here is um, a horse called Osborne, trained by Ron Moquette. Uh, Ron Moquette is a Hot Springs, Arkansas trainer, and uh, he usually uh, can pull one in and out uh, uh, races and win them. Uh, so that that's going to be an interesting to see there, Osborne for Ron Moquette. But um, that's the way it's looking at Remington Park uh, for the uh, Remington Springboard Mile. The only thing I don't like about this race is that it's just a mile. And, um, uh, you know, it's towards the end of the year, first of the year, you know, and I'd like to see a little more distance in the horse. But it might be a good tune-up for the um, um, for the uh, for the Oklahoma Derby and um, maybe some other races down the road. But I think all these horses in, uh, in Remington, uh, they're going to have to travel to build up their derby points. They're going to have to be going to... To Hot Springs in uh, Florida and Kentucky, uh, New York. Uh, it's going to be a tough road for them to go and everything. So that's the Springboard Mile coming up December 17th at Remington Park going a mile. Ten derby points will be awarded to the winner. Then uh, the next day at Los Alamitos, uh, we have the Los Alamitos Futurity going a mile in the 16th. And um, th- these, these are the horses I start looking at that are ready to go a mile and a 16th uh, this time of year, um, you know, such as the Los Alamitos um, Futurity. Um, then on December 26th, we have the Gunrunner from the fairgrounds. Um, it's a mile and a 16th. So, you know, we're looking again at, um, you know, horses that have developed a little more. And, and sometimes this mile and a 16th race will give the owner and the trainer an inside look at what kind of horse they have, um, you know, because they know if they can get the distance, they run good, uh, how they how they come out of the race, um, you know, a few days later. Um, I think a mile on the 16th is really good for them. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how many come back, uh, see if any of the horses out of the Breeders' Cup uh, or the Breeders' Futurity at Keelan, which was a mile on the 16th, uh, see how that, that goes. And then the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which was a mile on the 16th, we'll see how many of them, uh, you know, come into that. And one of the other things that I've looked over here is the Kentucky Jockey Club, a mile on the 16th at Churchill Downs. Uh, I always like horses that come out of this race because um, they've had a uh, race over the track. Uh, they know what the crowd's like. Uh, they know what the surroundings are like. And I kind of like that, um, you know, uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club in there. Then uh, on December 20, uh, or January 1st, we have the Smarty Jones at Oakland, which is a mile. And then at Aqueduct, we have the Jerome, which is also a mile. And so it, it makes it kind of interesting to see uh, how many of these horses can come out of the mile race and go to a mile, a mile on the 16th. I always like to have a horse uh, ready for a mile on the 16th by the end of the season, uh, by the end of the two-year-old year. Um, because I think a mile um, is good for a horse. It tunes them up, tightens them up, and uh, gets them ready to go. But the real deal is the mile on the 16th, because if uh, you can go a mile on the 16th at the end of your two-year-old uh, season, you know, and beginning of your three-year-old season, then, you know, uh, you can steadily work up to the mile and a quarter at the Kentucky Derby. And you know? so that, that's what I like about that and everything. But um, the Smarty Jones and um, the Jerome and uh, Smarty Jones at Oakland and uh, Jerome at Aqueduct will be interesting races to see what happens there. Uh, and then we go January 8th out to the Sham Stakes in Santa Anita, which is a mile. And uh, a lot of horses that come out of the Sham Stakes, uh, they back down to seven furlongs or stay at a mile uh, because they're literally, uh, you know, sprinters. And, and it makes it tough to get that extra mile on the 16th or get that extra mile and a quarter. Um, it's tough. So I, I, I don't put a lot of hope in anything coming out of the sham, but you never can tell. Then we go to, to um, uh, 
the uh, fairgrounds for the Lacomette and a mile and a sixteenth, ten points to the dirt to the winner for the Derby. Then we have on uh, January twenty ninth, Oakland Park. We have the Southwest, which is a prep race for um, uh, the Arkansas Derby. And uh, this this race I always look at real close because I think that um, the horses that come out of here are really seasoned and they they've had. Uh, constant competition um, at Oakland that's always pushed them to, you know, that next level. So I like that. And then um, February 5th, we have the Holy Bull Stakes at Gulfstream, which is a prep race for the Florida Derby. And um, a lot of these horses that come out of the Holy Bull usually run real good in the, in the Florida Derby. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a great race for them to go to um, and to prep in. Um, it's still a little bit early in the three-year-old season, which is good, and so I like that. And also on the uh, fifth, we have two more races. We have the Robert B. Lewis, uh, which gets ready for the Santa Anita Derby at a mile and a sixteenth on February 5th. Then we have the Sam F. Davis Tampa Bay Downs, um, mile and a sixteenth on February the 5th. And I like that race because that preps them usually for the uh, Tampa Bay Derby. And um, once you start to get into that rhythm, of, um, we'll, we'll take, for example, like the Sam F. Davis, then you go into the Tampa Bay Derby, and then you're, you're right on target to get to the Kentucky Derby. Um, you know, that, that's really a, a race that I, I like a lot and everything. And then uh, we the, the next big test, and a lot of trainers go to, and sometimes it takes a bit too much out of your horse. Uh, when you're running, but that's the weather stakes at Aqueduct on February 12th at a mile and an eighth. So as you can see, as we're going down the road here, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the distance are growing, getting longer. Uh, they're getting tougher, more quality horses and smaller fields in there. And then the, uh, the last one we're going to highlight is the El Camino Real Derby at Golden Gate. That's also a mile and an eighth. 10 points to the Derby, to the winner for the Derby. But um, the things that um, I think that are very interesting about the trainers and how they're getting these uh, horses prepped is you got a, a lot of decisions to make. And like we talked on last week's show about the owner and the trainer getting together about, um, you know, what they should go and the jockey on where, where they should go and how they should go and everything. And this is kind of like a crossroads. Um, do you go for a mile on an eighth or do you go for a mile on a sixteenth? Uh, somewhere down the road, you got to find out just how tough your horse is and how they can handle the distance. And I believe the, the, the true test is the mile on an eighth, um, early in a three year old's career. Um, if they can handle that pretty good, then that sets you up to the, um, every four weeks, five weeks to run. And um, with those coming in February, early February like that, you're looking at uh, March and April, you're looking at eight weeks there that you head to the, head to the Kentucky Derby. Um, so that's what you want to get down to is keep your horse slightly raced and keep him rolling, uh, you know, on the program that he's on. And so now, um, now that we've talked a little bit about the, you know, the prep races, want to talk to you a little bit about uh, um, the contenders for 2022. At the top of the list, we have uh, Smile Happy. Um, he's a run-happy colt um, trained by Kenny McPeak. His um, last win was at the Kentucky um, Jockey Club at Churchill Downs. And see, this goes back to what I was saying before. This horse is rated in the top, at the top of the uh, – um, you know, field for the contenders. And the reason he's rated that is because he won the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes at Churchill going across that track and, um, did it very, very handsomely. Um, you know, so that, that was really good. Um, then we have, uh, a Todd Pletcher horse. He won the Remsen stakes out in, um, uh, out at Remington, at, um, uh, Remington Park. Um, Todd Pletcher trained, and his name is Mo Donegal. And uh, he was first in the Remsen, which is a grade two, and, and, and as was the uh, uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club, a grade two. So you can see the point that I'm trying to make here 
that you're trying to improve your horses and trying to get them back. So now, um, you know, Kenny McPeak and Todd, uh, have their, uh, uh, their horses set, to, uh, you know, to go. Um, they're on that, uh, uh, longer race and, and we'll just see how, you know, how it goes with them. Then at uh, the third spot, we have Zandon, uh, Chad Brown horse. He was second in the, um, Remsen Stakes to, uh, uh, Mo Donegal, uh, Todd Fletcher horse. And then we have, um, uh, in fourth, we have, uh, Chasing Times, Steve Ashmussen. Um, he won a maiden special weight at Churchill Downs. And remember, again, we're talking about, um, getting a race over the track at Churchill. And, uh, that's what a lot of these trainers are hoping to do sometime given time and point is to do that, uh, you know, so they get used to the surroundings, uh, you know, the track and, and, you know, how that is. Um, so that's good for Steve Ashmussen that's chasing time. Then we got Kenny McPeak again with Rattle and Row. Um, this horse is, um, uh, is a nice horse. Um, he won the Breeders, uh, Futurity, uh, grade one at Keeneland. And, uh, so, you know, he's ready to, he's ready to roll there. Uh, it's not Churchill, but, you know, it's, it's Kentucky in the, in the, in the fall there. And then, uh, we get down to our number, uh, uh, six horse. It's Mark Cassie. Um, he was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile with, um, uh, Papa Cap. Uh, Mark's always, uh, uh, knocking on the door. He gets these horses ready to go. And, uh, Mark is really a good trainer. And uh, we'll have to keep an eye on him to run second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile um, there. And then uh, we get down to um, um, our eighth-place horse, which I, I really do like. I think this horse is going to be something uh, down the road. Uh, he's trained by Chad Brown. Uh, he won the 2021 uh, Champagne Stakes. And um, uh, the name of the horse is Jack Christopher. And uh, that just sounds... Uh, the name, I think, gives him an extra couple of links over the other horses. Uh, it's a very, uh, very nice horse. Uh, this horse can really run, and um, I like him winning in New York like that. And then um, the ninth place horse we have, uh, Todd Pletcher has Major General, uh, which uh, won the Iroquois Stake back in September. And so that really started off uh, the program uh, for all these horses to get to the Derby on how they get there. And uh, this is a one-star horse, and um, I think that uh, Castellano will be in the irons on this horse, and I think that this horse might be uh, a sleeper in the derby field uh, this year, depending on how he comes comes out. Um, it's my understanding that he'll be coming here to Florida to prep for the uh, uh, for the Florida Derby, and uh, and uh, Chad's had quite a bit of success out of the Florida Derbies uh, with Super Saver and Always Dreaming. Um, you know, going up to uh, win the Kentucky Derby. So, and, you know, as we run down through here, uh, you know, we see a lot of these horses um, that are ready to go. Uh, Todd horses. Todd's got another horse. Um, his name's Wit. Um, he ran. Uh, he ran um, uh, a good race. Uh, tough horse to go to go by. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. Um, but there's a lot of good horses coming along. That, that are lightly raced and haven't really got to where they should be right now. And, and now um, you don't know how many of these horses that we've just talked about are, are playing catch-up. Uh, there's a lot of horses uh, over the next few uh, weeks and next month or so that we'll find out just who they are and what they are and where they're coming from. But at this stage and point right now, from what I see, I see a lot of trainers, uh, you know, scrambling to play catch-up to get, get – uh, uh, where they need to get for how they get there, the 2022 Kentucky Derby, which will be on IENTV.org. Uh, and it'll be live. It'll be two days of racing, uh, from Churchill Downs, um, via our YouTube partners. Um, then, then we're going to talk about some things, uh, here that, um, we've had happen in our industry. Of course, you know, we've had COVID and we had a lot of things that have, um, uh, kind of hurt the industry, uh, over the last couple of years, but, um, here recently, uh, it was devastating, uh, to see, um, the tornadoes that ripped through Kentucky and the farms that it hit, the tracks that it hit, uh, you know, it, it was really a tough road to go. Um, 
The, the racing community has continued to support relief efforts following the December 11th tornadoes that uh, hit Western Kentucky, uh, Stone Street Farm, uh, Jeff Ruby, Churchill Downs Incorporated, Keelan are among the latest entities and people to pledge their support to the relief effort. Um, Barbara Banks, Stone Street Farms, is a leading breeder and owner in Lexington, provided $100,000, according to the farm's social media accounts, which also asked the followers to join the donations uh, to the American Red Cross via a telethon hosted December 14th at the University of Kentucky Athletics and on uh, Lexington TV uh, 18. Um, so, you know, it just shows you that the state is coming together and they're trying to bring everything that they can to do, do what they need to do. Um, December 15th, Jeff Ruby, Cincinnati restaurateur, who sponsors the Jeff Ruby Stakes at uh, Turfway Park in Northern Kentucky, donated $100,000 to the Louisville-based um, uh, Lee Initiative, um, uh, co-founded um, by Chef Edward Lee. So th that's another way they're trying to help and feed and, and give money to, uh, you know, all the people that, that, that are suffering down in there in Kentucky and on the farms. Um, on Wednesday, uh, Churchill Downs Incorporated um, announced it had joined uh, the community partner Kroger, ESPN 680 Louisville, and the Louisville, Kentucky-based Focus to support relief recovery efforts for the following tornadoes in Kentucky. CDA donated $50,000 to the Mayfield Graves County Tornado Refund, um, Relief Fund in behalf and, uh, of its Kentucky uh, properties which include Churchill Downs. Um, Racetrack Derby City Gaming, Turfway Racing and Gaming, Newport Racing and Gaming, and Oak Grove Racing and Gaming, and, and hotel located in the western part of uh, the state. Miami Valley uh, Gaming CDI's jointly owned property uh, with Delaware North um, located in Le Lebanon, Ohio, also joined in the efforts uh, for the financial contributions. So what we're saying here is a lot of the big corporations and companies are starting to donate money and trying to get the relief out to these, uh, not only the horsemen, but to the people that are there, you know, the, the residents that are there. Uh, you know, and, and it's nice to see, uh, you know, uh, th these kind of things happen, happening. Um, you know, the, the Churchill Downs will donate 100% of the money donated to its foundation through the end of 2021 to the Mayfield Graves County Tornado Relief Fund. It says, um, also, Keeneland also shared in the telethon hosted by UK Athletics and Lexington TV Station 18 um, news on social media platforms Tuesday announcing that um, they had donated 25000 towards the relief fund. So, you know, it, it's coming, you know, uh, here and there uh, from... Uh, all people, all, all types of people from the restaurateurs to, you know, the gaming facilities and everything. I'd like to see more be donated and I'm sure there will be down the road, uh, because they do make a lot of money, uh, you know, at their tracks and at their casinos. So, uh, you know, at least helps on the way for them, um, how long it's going to take them to recover, how many of the horse farms it's going to take to recover. Um, you know, it'll be, uh, uh, several months before they get back and, up, you know, up to speed. And then, of course, you know, um, rebuilding and, and, and everything will take uh, years to come down the road to replace what was destroyed there. So, But um, all in all, um, you know, my, my take on the horse industry is that um, we're good together. We're good as a team. And uh, whenever we're struggling and in need, uh, the horsemen come together as a team. Um, I know the horsemen certainly came together for me uh, when I got my cancer and spent nine months in treatment. Um, I had horsemen coming from all over, all over the country, uh, helping me and working with me, um, you know, to see that I got okay. And so now that I beat cancer and everything, uh, the horsemen, uh, you know, uh, were glad to see me back in the game, back out on the farm, back at the tracks, you know, and going. So, you know, we're good to go there you know with that so thanks to 
all the horsemen that helped me and all the prayers from everybody that gave them to me because that's what got me turned. God and the prayers from my friends. So that was good. And then um, uh, now back to the racing. And then I went to Del Mar, uh, which has uh, um, had their ups and downs over, over the uh, last two years. It says um, Del Mar brought to a close its 2021 racing descent, uh, calendar December 5th. With the conclusion of its eighth Bing Crosby eighth Bing Crosby season, adding an additional luster to the robust summer stand between them and a, and the pair totaled a combined final wagering mark of nine hundred forty three million dollars. Um, that, that's a, that's a record uh, for the uh, Seaside Oval, um, which was really good. We were glad to see that you know happen then. Because it's getting them back on the right you know, on the right track, you might say. Uh, the track counted uh, the return of racing fans exceptionally, uh, exceptionally. Um, purses for the horsemen and the hosting uh, another record-setting Breeders' Cup among uh, the positives in 2021. It also touted continuously being the Americans' safest major racetrack. Not only one horse, uh, not not only one horse. Uh, was uh, injured uh, catastrophically in the 426 races uh, in 3,552 starters that uh, started at Del Mar. Um, the, the total handle for the four-week, 13-day fall session was $171 million. The fall meet average daily ha- handle was $13 million, which is 1% higher than the record average handle they posted last year. Uh, the Breeders' Cup conducted at Del Mar, uh, November 5th and 6th had a common pool handle of $183 million, uh, dollars, um, for the two day record setting, uh, uh, price there. Uh, so it was exciting. Del Mar did, uh, Del Mar did very well this year. Um, and, uh, and all the tracks are rebounding, it seems to me, uh, to be coming back. Um, and that's reflected in, in uh, uh, you know, the different uh, things that we do here. Um, like um, they had issues at Laurel this year. Um, hearing positive reviews of the changes at Laurel Park main track, the Maryland Racing Commission took no action to delay uh, racing during December, its December 14th meeting, uh, allowing the uh, racing to resume uh, on December 16th. Um, racing was canceled at the Maryland track earlier this month amid reports of track problems after spike in equine fatality uh, there in November. It was the second time this year that racing at Laurel was halted following initial spring setback. Uh, racing then moved to Pimlico Racecourse for an extended meet while Laurel underwent multi-million dollar uh, track renovation project. The Maryland Jockey Club, owned by the Stronic Group, operates both tracks. Uh, during the previous commission meeting, um, we had a, a lot of things that uh, went on there at Maryland, and they all came around, and, and they're doing very, very good um, there in Maryland. So we're hoping for a good spring and a good winter for them in Maryland. And then one of the new features that we're going to uh, do uh, across the, uh, the track is uh, – uh, highlight the different news things that we have um, from uh, the different tracks. And, and today it came in. It says um, Mammoth, uh, Mammoth moves Friday post time and adds 2022 uh, Monday uh, dates to their card. Uh, Jersey Shore racing uh, fans might be uh, taking a few uh, three or four day weekends this summer uh, at the Jersey Shore as a part of the. Uh, continuation of the track's fan-friendly facility, uh, we're back. Champaign uh, Mammoth Park's Friday card will begin uh, uh, at 2 uh, o'clock on 2022. Uh, So, you know, they're moving the dates up earlier. Uh, My uh, Mammoth's live sessions kicks off uh, Saturday, May 7th, with opening day, the Shore's biggest derby party. The first 14 Friday cards is scheduled uh, for June uh, uh, through June 3rd, and so it's you know they're they're trying to accommodate the fans now, 
uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, with all these things that are that are going on here. And so one of the new things that I've added to what we're going to do, and we start getting some new people in here to, you know, help with what we're doing. Uh, we're going to go through um, we're going to go through our racetracks, and every week we're going to take a, a different racetrack. And our first racetrack is going to be um, uh, uh, Arizona Downs. Uh, Arizona Downs is a nice track, small meet. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see the video and see just who they are and where they're at. And then uh, we'll go we'll go through the whole list of tracks in the United States. Um, they'll be highlighted on our website every week. Uh, sometimes there'll be two two tracks on there uh, that we'll highlight. You know, with it, uh, we have other tracks like, um, you know, we'll be talking about Belmont Park. Uh, we'll be talking about Canterbury Downs in Minnesota. Uh, we'll talk about um, Churchill Downs, Colonial Downs, Del Mar, Delaware Park, Delta Downs, Ellis Park. Um, you know, you name it, we're going to talk about it. Fairmont Park, Finger Lakes, um, Fort Erie, Golden Gate Fields. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of the smaller tracks and let you know just exactly where they're at, what they have going on for them. And let me tell you, it can really be fun at some of the smaller tracks. Um, you don't have to fight huge crowds. Uh, they, they're family-friendly. Uh, they have a lot of things that are going on there, such as, um, you know, concerts and uh, barbecues and that type of thing. And also, uh, you know, we'll look at that. But uh, now, you know, we're getting into to. Uh, the real meat of the racing season starts, you know, here in January towards the end of, end of December and middle of December is when it actually started. And, uh, now here's uh, where we're going. Uh, we're going to Aqueduct and they're December 9th through March 27th, uh, to 2022. Um, Delta Downs, October 13th, um, 2021 to March 25th, 2022. Uh, the fairgrounds, November 25th, uh, through March 7th, 2022. Um, Gulfstream Park is December 3rd through, uh, uh April 3rd, 2022. Hawthorne Race Course, uh, October 1st to December 31st. So you need to get out to Hawthorne in Chicago, uh, before the meet ends, uh, you know, to see what they've got. Um, another one that's, uh, it's uh, closing here in the next day or two. Is Hollywood Casino at Charlestown? Um, there from uh, January sixth uh, through December eighteenth. So you got to check those guys out, see what they have there. Uh, Laura Park is uh, going to be closing December thirty first. Uh, Oaklawn Park um, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, December third to May eighth, twenty twenty two. That's a great meet there. Well, you'll love that. I'll tell you the other meet too that I, I really enjoy. I could, I could spend all winter there. That's the Tampa Bay Downs, November 24th through May 7th. Uh, they're, they're a great facility to, to be in, uh, you know, over there at Tampa Bay Downs. Good horses, uh, from all over the country go there. And, and it's a good testing ground. The track's really good there. Um, it's a big sandy track and it's really good for them, you know, to, to go through, uh, you know, Tampa Bay over there. Then we're coming up here with, uh, what we have, uh, is the Keeneland January horse sale of all ages, uh, is, uh, coming up. The, the book's online now and, um, you can, you can go see the sale catalog in there. And like we said before, it's always nice to, uh, watch the sales, uh, via IEN or, uh, YouTube or, you know, what have you, um, to, to see these, uh, races and play along. It doesn't cost you anything to watch and it doesn't cost you anything to, pretend uh, uh buying a horse and everything but keeneland has catalog 1516 horses um, brood mares and brood mare prospects yearlings and horses of racing age uh, along with stallions and a stallion prospect for um uh it's 2022 january sale uh, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see you know what comes out of that a lot of good good buys come out of that they get a lot of good horses um that come in that are uh, and the great thing about it is, is um, not only can you go and you can buy a broodmare and fold, it'll be due here in February or March. Um, you can go in there and you can uh, uh, buy horses that are ready to run. You can literally only buy your horse there on uh, Monday or Tuesday and take it and race it on uh, the next Saturday at 
at the track of your choosing at all. So that that's that's really a, a good sale that's coming up here in January, the breeding stock sale. And then um, one of the other things I wanted to get to here real quick is our quest for equine goal, uh, following um, the show horse industry all over the all over the uh, the country. Uh, we start out with um, uh, in March. Uh, we have um, the Red Hills International Horse Trials, and uh, that's uh, the third, uh, the tenth of March, twenty twenty-two. We have the Carolina uh, International. Um, that's three twenty-three of twenty twenty-two. We have the Galloway International Horse Trials, uh, and that's uh, for Temecula, California. Uh, we go from Florida to Rayford, North Carolina, now to Temecula, California, 331, the Galloway Downs International Horse Trial, uh, which is, which is really uh, a good one to watch. Um, then in Aiken, South Carolina, we have the Stableview Spring Show, uh, which, uh, starts on 4-1 of 2022. Um, then we have the Chattahoochee Hills International from Fairburn, Georgia. Uh, that's on 4-7. We have the Trun Rivers, uh, Spring International, which is 414 from, uh, uh, from Paso Robles, uh, California. And then uh, this is the one I really do like. It's a venting, it's an eventing, uh, uh, show. It's the Ocala International Festival of the Venting. And that comes in 414 of 2022. And let me tell you folks, that's really good. Eventing where it combines dressage, show jumping, and cross country. And uh, so, you know, it's a three-day eventing type thing. So that's really, really uh, nice to go see. Um, and, and, I mean, then we have uh, coming up uh, right around Derby time. If you get up to uh, Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby, the 10 days of of, uh, of a festival uh, for the Kentucky Derby, we have the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event. Um, that's uh, 427 through 5-1. And, uh, man, let me tell you, that is something to uh, – really go look at uh you know that that's going to be interesting to see and then to show you how uh popular uh you know uh eventing is um pending fei approval Tryon international in north carolina has the may three-day event it starts on 5 11 and goes through 5 15 and uh that, that's cross country with approval of the fei and that should be coming soon and we'll let you know you know when that happens but um all summer long if you go across the country, you're going to find, um, uh, you know, shows and all kinds of things uh, from, um, you know, from uh, uh, from Florida to Temecula, California, Lexington, Virginia, Mill Springs, North Carolina. Um, you know, it, it's just endless. Uh, um, we have a New Market, Tennessee, um, you know, that um, people don't realize that they have, you know, uh, racing there. Our, our um, shows there. It's uh, the River Glen Summer Horse Trails uh, trials. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, and then, and then you look in Pennsylvania. Um, Unionville, Pennsylvania has a Plantation Field Horse Trials in uh, Pennsylvania. So you know, it's just endless to what these guys do here. Um, you know, with all these different uh, uh, disciplines and all the different things that you, you would really be surprised in this country. Um, where there are horse events and a lot of these horse events are you know a small uh from small backyard events to you know to the huge three-day relax at uh you know lexington where they get a hundred thousand people to but nevertheless they're all horse shows and um here in south florida we started with the um with WEF. um it's uh it's uh, the winter equestrian festival um, here at uh, Palm Beach, at Palm Beach, uh, it's really good. You see uh, riders from all over the world come here. In fact, a couple of years ago, we had uh, the TV star Mary Kate Olson, um, which uh, she's a very good rider and she's riding real good now, and she's making a mark for herself. Uh, Ashley, her sister, she's not a rider, but she does attend. So you know, we have good people there. Uh, we have uh, Jessica Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen's daughter, um, which is an Olympic team member. Uh, so, you know, you see all kinds of people in there. Uh, you know, I've got a neighbor that works at Winn-Dixie. Her kid's seven years old. And, of course, you know, she 
she doesn't um, compete on the level, you know, against, um, you know, the, the Jessica Springsteen and Mary Kate Olsen, you know, and them. Uh, but they do participate at Wellington. You know, they do go to the horse shows there. They're part of everything that goes on. And it's a learning process for them. Uh, you know, they get there and they see, see what it's like to see, you know, these big, uh, million dollar horses show jumping and doing dressage and three day inventing, you know, and it kind of gives them an incentive, you know, to do good like, uh, uh, like they're doing now, you know, with their horses. And then, uh, you know, that's what we kind of try to look at. And see see what happens with them, but if you look in your local um, area, uh, you know you can go go to the um, Google and uh, you can Google uh, you know horse shows in your area, and ninety nine percent of them are free to go to. So you know it's something that's good to take the family to and the kids to, and you know kind of enjoy the weekend, you know, to see what it is uh, all about. And like I said, you don't have to be horse savvy to to um, you know, go watch the shows because it's entertaining, very pleasing to the eye. And the aroma of the horse manure, the hay, you know, the corn dogs and the hot dogs and everything that you see at the shows, you know, is a memory that's hard to replace. Uh, you know, and that's what it's all about is, is having memories. And also, uh, um, but, to, you know, that's something to look at. Now, I'm going to start talking about now about the horse industry in general. Um, it's now coming back. Uh, it's coming back with great guns. Um, we're getting more television, more radio, uh, more broadcasting of the events, uh, not only in the, in the, in the regional areas, but, um, you know, in statewide and national and international and everything. And you'd be surprised how many international uh, riders and trainers and owners and breeders that we have that are coming to the United States now. Um, it's just phenomenal, you know, to see everybody getting together. And that's what I don't understand uh, about our world today is why can't people get along together like we do in the horse world? Um, we have no color barriers. We have no economic barriers. Uh, you know, we have no preference uh, barriers. Um, what we try to do here is all get along as horsemen and congratulate each other when we win and console them when they lose. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's what we're trying to do here in the horse industry. And, um, you know, uh, as far as a lot of things are concerned, um, all you got to do is have a checkbook to go to the sales. If you got the money, you can buy a horse. Then you can buy a, a trainer. You can buy a rider. You, you can buy, you can buy every, everything that you need for your horse and it, without prejudice. And that's the, very few businesses can say that. And, and I'll say that again, as Joe Biden would say, without prejudice. All it takes is a checkbook and a game plan, you know, and you can go out. And, and I've, I've known some young kids here uh, with us here at Sunshine Meadows that have come along, and they, they've gone leaps and bounds farther than I ever thought they would go. I just couldn't believe it it's in such a short time. You know, we see these kids coming out here. We got some kids that are that are um, four or five years old, six years old, just now starting out, and it's a lifelong habit. You know that these kids they learn discipline, they learn responsibility, they learn respect. Um, you know, they learn to congratulate people that win. You know, uh, when they might have lost. You know, um, so they do a lot of things. You know, of that nature. And um, the one thing that I like the most about it is the camaraderie that we have. Uh, when I get up in the morning and I leave my house and I go out to uh, go to the show rings and to the uh, all across the farm, you know, I, I've implemented a policy here that everybody should wave to everybody, ask them how they're doing. And it's been unbelievable the amount of success that I've had over the last couple of years here getting people together, getting them to say good morning, getting them to wave to each other, you know, telling them congratulations, you know, uh, on your win, telling them, you know, hey, next time, you know, your horse did good, but next time. And that's that's one of the things that I like about my job here. Uh, they call me Governor Scott Miller is, is what they named me. And uh, they've even uh, uh, monogrammed my uh, John Deere Gator uh, that I uh, travel a farm on. 
and it's got uh, Governor Scott Miller on it. But see, it's things like that that make a difference in people's lives. And, um, and since I've had some things happen to me in my life and everything, and I tell you what, it's the people that that make a difference in your life. And you got to take time and you got to stop and look and say, hey, did they make a difference in my life? Well, yes, they did. And, you know, you figure out why they did it and how they did it, and you thank them for it. And um, so, you know, that's what I like about the horse industry. Uh, you know, it's great to go out and see these young kids, you know, just starting out, you know, uh, riding, um, you know, uh, and learning. And, and I had a, a little comical thing that happened to me one day. Um, I was always saw this little girl, her and her mom and her dad would come out, and she'd ride a couple of times a week. And um, she's about, I'd say, six years old. And so every morning I'd come out, I'd ask her, I said, how's your horse doing? She's doing fine, Mr. Scott, doing fine. So this goes on for about three months, and she's in the process of learning about horses and where they go and what they can do. So one morning I come out, and I said, hey, good morning. I said, how's your horse doing? She looked me square in the eye, and she said, he's not a horse. He's a pony. So, you know, that told me that she's starting to learn about the breeding. She's starting to learn more and more about the horses, you know, other than just riding, you know, and the difference between a horse and a pony, you know. And, and so those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, we do here in the horse industry. Uh, one of the things that I like about is going to the different, uh, well, well, let's take the Triple Crown races, for example. I've got a lot of friends and family that I see when I go to Kentucky and, uh, you know, for the Derby. And, um, you know, it's really good. And then two weeks later, uh, you know, I go to Maryland, and uh, I have uh, friends and family that are in the Maryland area, and I get to see them. And then uh, we go to Belmont for the for the uh, Belmont uh, Stakes, and uh, I see friends up there that I sporadically see year-round, you know, at the different tracks. And it's really nice to be a part of that. So, you know, in a sense... You're a part of that community when you start to participate in these uh, horse events, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, that's what I like about it. Uh, and, and it helps me understand uh, a lot of things. Like, I, I really, uh, over the years, uh, became um, very knowledgeable of New Yorkers. And New Yorkers get a lot of bad publicity. They get a lot of bad things said about them. But I found out one thing, once you get into the fold, once you get into the family, you know, like at Belmont, then you literally for, you know, a month or two become a New Yorker, uh, living the lifestyle, meeting the people, doing the things that they do. And same, same thing in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. You become, a, uh, you know, somebody from Maryland for the couple of weeks that you're there. You know, you enjoy the traditions and, and uh, you know, all the things that are around there. Uh, it could be a, an amusement park. Uh, it could be a, a state park. Uh, you know, it could be just about anything. You're bumping into people in the grocery store, you know, that, that you meet from all over. And the same thing down in Kentucky. Uh, there's so much that you can do when you're in Kentucky for those 10 days prior to the Derby. It's just It just blows your mind. Uh, you know, they got Mammoth Caves there. They got Lexington, the horse park. The horse park is a great place to go see. You can spend a whole couple of days there. And if you got a camper, they got a beautiful camping facility there. You know, so you become a part of Lexington, you know, for those, uh, you know, for those 10 days or two weeks. And same thing when you go out to uh, Del Mar, uh, where the surf meets the turf. Um, you become uh, a Californian. Uh, you know, you, you get caught up in, in, Everything that you do, and, and uh, you know, from Del Mar to uh, Santa Anita, you know, and the same when you go to Arlington Park in Chicago, you know, you become, uh, you know, somebody from Chicago. And the bad thing about all these things are, is you got to dress to impress when you get to Del Mar. You got to have the, you know, the the California clothing in Florida. You got to have the tropical floor, you know, clothing. Uh, you know, New York, you know, it's all business, you know, uh, you know, type of thing. So, uh, that's what I like about the horse industry. And, you know, we keep urging everybody to get out here and, and become a part of the horse industry. Uh, you know, you don't have to own a horse. You don't have to train a horse or work with a horse. 
you can still be a part of it. You can have your favorite horses, your favorite trainers, uh, you know, the favorite shows, the favorite foods, you know, that, that type of thing to go to. You know, like when I go to Maryland, I always make sure that I do the Maryland crab cakes, you know, do the seafood, um, you know, that type of thing. When I go to New York, I always make sure that I do, uh, you know, the pizza and, and the hoagie sandwiches, you know, that, that type of thing. Of course, when you go to Miami, it's nothing but seafood, you know, in, in tropical, you know, setting. So that, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is get out and visit, you know, go see what's in your local area. Start out, you know, Googling, uh, uh, horse shows in my, in my area and, and you'll find out how many there are and you'll be surprised. And, um, they'll be real small. Some of them will be real small. Some of them can be real big. Um, I tell you, one of the horse shows I really like going to, is when I go up to Belmont uh, for the summer, is I like to go out to the Hamptons to watch all the horse shows. And I do end up doing more people watching than I do anything because you see so many celebrities, so many uh, international uh, figures, you know, athletes. You see everybody there. And it just blows your mind, you know, to think that people, you know, uh, of, of, uh, fame uh, go to shows like that and they're just regular normal people they'll say hi to you you know good morning good afternoon to you you know where are you from they'll, they'll sit down and they'll have conversations with you you know and, and it's really a good thing to go to when, when you see places like the hamptons to go to so one of the things that um uh, that i do is my lifetime and it revolves around the different times of years. And we'll start in August, uh, which is my birthday, um, with August with Saratoga. And then when Saratoga's over in the first week of September, then I get into the Keelan and Churchill mode. So, you know, go there. And then uh, once Churchill's over in December, then I start looking towards Florida, Gulfstream Park, Tampa Bay Downs, you know, so then that's where I spend the winter. And then in the spring, I start looking forward to going to Oakland Park um, for the Arkansas Derby. I look uh, uh, like uh, going to New Orleans uh, to the fairgrounds for the Louisiana Derby. Um, so, you know, you see all those things. And the greatest thing about it is, is they usually have a festival that, are, that coincide with, uh, you know, these big races. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And then, like in, in Lexington, when you go up there for the 10 days for the Churchill, uh, for Churchill Downs for the Derby, let me tell you something for sure. You've got to get out to that Kentucky Horse Park. That Kentucky Horse Park is this one huge facility. they got a nice swimming pool there, and they've got a great... Uh, uh, bathrooms, very clean facilities, safe facilities. They've got, um, they've got a very nice camping area and you can go from tent camping up to the big, uh, diesel RVs, uh, you know, camping there. Um, they got a nice restaurant there. You're 10 minutes away from Keeneland. So you can go over to Keeneland in the morning and watch them trade. And then you can come back and watch them, uh, show jump in the afternoons at the Kentucky Horse Park. Uh, there's just so many things that you can do, and that's just one example, uh, you know, that, that uh, we're talking about, like Saratoga, for example. Uh, they have uh, what they call um, uh, the SPAC. It's a Saratoga Performing Arts Center uh, up there. Uh, you can see uh, the Philadelphia Philharmonic. In the first year I was at Saratoga, um, I went up with my girlfriend to uh, see um, – uh, concert by the Philadelphia Philharmonic, and it was the 1812 Overture. And so we went up there, and they got a huge hill, and then you lay down on, on your, uh, set your lawn chairs up, lay down on a blanket, you know, just really enjoy yourself, drink your wine, eat your food. And then all of a sudden, when it came to the battle scene, on both sides of us, it's back there, they had real Army artillery cannons. And they they played it and mixed it in with the music, and it, it scared me at first. But then it was just unbelievable. 
you know, and they've got a lot of things like that around Saratoga. Great eating facilities. Uh, they got the Racing Hall of Fame there uh, for thoroughbreds. Uh, they've got a harness track there. Uh, you name it, they've got it. You know, and and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get across to everybody. If you can find something to do around the horses, and then it just kind of grows from that point on. Uh, you know, some of the, they got some backyard shows that are really good and really good food there too. You know, you got you got uh, mom and dad of the riders, and they're barbecuing and cooking food, and you know, making the thing go because you know it's kind of like a family affair type thing. You know, and so that's all I'm saying about the horse industry is you know, give it a shot, take a chance. You know, Google it in your area and see what you've got. You know, going and, and go to it. Uh, you know, and then you can come to our website, and uh, you can see a lot of different things on here you know, that we have uh, here uh, uh, at IEN. It's just unbelievable. Uh, like uh, this year, we got um, uh, live racing from South America um, that comes on every day. And it's kind of interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, and hear them talking in French and German and Spanish and uh, Swedish, Swedish. You know, it's really uh, the Nordic countries and all. But the one thing that I, I suggest you go to, um, we have a really great movie. It's called Christmas Miracle at Sage Creek. And let me tell you something, folks. It's a good family show. Uh, you'll like it. Uh, get your popcorn ready and your sodas and drinks ready because once you start watching it, you're not going to get up. And it's limited commercial uh, uh, television that's on here. And I think it's something that you'll really like. It's called Christmas Miracle at Sage Creek. And, um, you know, get the family sat down, uh, go to IENTV.org and, you know, watch it. Make it a family tradition, uh, uh, watching, you know, Christmas events uh, in and around the horse industry. And then, too, uh, a lot of the uh, racetracks and the showgrounds have um, – uh, Christmas lights and decorations and nativity scenes and, you know, things of that nature. We have one horse facility here uh, right outside of Delray Beach. Uh, you go through and they play Christmas music all through the uh, through the this park and the farm uh, where they have horses at. And what's really cool about it, it's three and a half miles long. And the speed limit is 10 miles an hour when you're in there. So you get a chance to enjoy, you get a chance to see the lights. I mean, it's just unbelievable, you know, three and a half miles at 10 miles an hour. You can really sit back and enjoy it, you know, and the kids love it too. So that's basically, you know, where we're at in the horse industry. Uh, you know, I was all over the place today, and, and that's what I'm trying to convey to all, all our listeners and to the people that I talk to. Get all over the horse industry. You know, you know, like here in South Florida, you can be at Gulfstream one day, you can be uh, watching uh, harness racing at Pompano uh, the next day, then you can be at the showgrounds in Wellington the next day, then the next day you can be at the sales in Ocala, and then the, the last day you can be over Tampa Bay Downs watching uh, some great racing. So, you know, what I'm just trying to say is that there's a lot to do in the business, you know, and you're not limited and you don't have to be an expert on horses or know a lot about horses to enjoy it. So that does it uh, this week, folks, for us uh, on the International Equine Report. Uh, hope you have a good holidays, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you next week uh, and see how you're doing. And please, please, next week, call in. Our number is 323-744-4831. That's our call-in number. And if you call in, you'll win a... Uh, ship.com uh, year-long membership to have your groceries delivered to your home for purchases of $35 or more. There's no charge for the delivery. Just your membership carries you through. Or you can call me directly at 561-466-1272. So thank you for enjoying uh, uh, your time with us. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it being around you guys. And Call in, make sure I stop rambling, and we'll see you next week on the International Equine Report.